Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Interesting. I like it. I didn't see this part. And Jay Newcastle. Well, she is a California boy, and so some things don't change. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 6, Episode 9, Smashed, written by Drew Greenberg. Willow, reeling from the breakup, figures out a way to turn Amy back into a human once and for all. The two witches hang out and start to use a ton of magic, drawing Willow further into her addiction. And she develops a taste for real power and discovers she likes it. Meanwhile, the trio steal a large diamond from a museum and leave a guard frozen with their freeze ray gun. I'm not making <laughs> that up. We're not in Batman and Robin. That happens in a Buffy episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, Spike notices that his chip doesn't kick in when he hits Buffy, but it only works with her, leading him to believe that she, quote, came back wrong and has a little demon in her. They fight and Buffy unleashes her desire, then kisses him, and they have sex so angry that it causes the building to collapse around them where they were fighting. And that's about the simplest way I can sum up mm. Smashed, Brian. Okay, I want to say this off the top. I had said going into this season, offline and now on this podcast multiple times, that there was a point in this show where I turned on it. And I knew exactly where that point was. And I was curious this time coming back to it, really being only the third time I had sat to watch the season all the way through, if it would happen again. And this is it. This is the episode where I start to turn against the show for a lot of reasons. And one of them being the freeze ray, which we will get to. But some of the other things that happen here, it's it's not that I don't accept that they have the right to do this as a show and all that stuff. I'm not like doing the over fan, you know, I have too much ownership in it or whatever. I'm just admitting to myself what I didn't want to admit in season four was that I don't like this and I don't like where it's going. We both had that experience watching season four again. That has sure. always been my experience with season six here. And by George, it actually held true. I was kind of surprised about that because I really went in. I want people to know I really went in trying to go in with an open mind because I knew this three episode swing was coming. And I think in the Buffy's you know, arc of things, this is a, a point where a lot of people either stay on the boat or get off of it. It could be. Um, I, I I don't share the same feeling as you, and we'll, we'll get to that as we go through this episode. But um, there's a couple things in here that kind of bug me, and they're the things that have bugged me uh, since season four, I guess, with the Spike character. And so we'll talk about that. But um, overall, you know, I didn't turn on the season at all at this point. It's not even close. Okay, well, let, let's get into the, I guess, the bigger arc, and it is the addiction arc, right? I mean, this is the yep. go off the deep end, right? I mean, we... Well, and you know. yeah, we got Willow, who's now lost pretty much everything that she has. Right. And Well, almost. I mean, her biggest thing with Tara, she's left her. She's lost the and, important things, but she still has resources. That's kind of like the... Yeah, story, she right? still has her friends, and she's... Yes, yeah, she still has resources, and so she... She's yeah, she's getting to the point now where it's taking over everything she wants to do and unfortunately she figures out how to bring Amy back that doesn't help her at all. Yeah, oh no. And 
on one hand, I'm glad that we finally solved the conundrum of Amy the rat. You know, right. that Amy no longer has to be a rat and that then she never will be a rat again. So that's good. But um, and it's neat to see Elizabeth Ann Allen in. I mean, she was a fun side character to pop in and out of the show from time to time in the early seasons. But I don't know that I needed her. But on, on the other level, I'll say if they're going to bring in like the new friend or whatever, I like the fact that they brought in somebody that at least had the magical cred or the magical magical history. To be right. that person that is the enabler for mm-hmm. Willow, right? No, I agree. I, I'm, I'm glad that we finally got this taken care of. Him. It's only been what since season three, one. No, season three, because that happened in the uh, the great uh, moment of Moo. Uh, how could you forget? When, well, when Amy, the witch. Yeah. I mean, Amy turned into the rat and the witch, right? No, no. She. Oh, it was the Moo. That's right. Moo. You it are was correct. In season three, and she turned herself in into a rat. She turned herself into a rat to escape the uh, the Moo. Burning down the uh, silly Amy. So, so yeah, so I mean, it's been a while, and then she had that one flash, right? When Willow was everything she said right. happened, but that was like a moment, and then it went away. Now she's figured out how to do it for good. And my question to you is this: it, On one hand, it's really neat to see, okay, Willow's got this down, but like, where did she acquire that knowledge? Like, did you need that to be explained well, a little bit more? Because they've made it out to be like that was a really hard thing to do, but the way she does it in this episode, it's just like kerfluffle and boom there's amy well i think that it i I didn't need any more explaining at all i think that it was done actually pretty well where she was sitting there thinking about things and all of a sudden it popped in her head like it's just one thing that she absorbed with all the knowledge that she's gained through her magic and everything and she just didn't put it together until now so it's difficult but she's already she already knew the answer. She just didn't know that was the answer, right? So that was fine for me. You know, magic's a funny thing on this show because it's always treated as this real organic substance. I mean, it's not only something that you can acquire as a power and learn how to wield like a sword and use, but it also affects you deeply, like a drug. They talk about that mm-hmm. a lot, and they're really going with that now on this. So it's almost like as you learn magic, magic also learns you. And you get, and it, it opens your mind to other things. I mean, I'm, I'm probably stretching it a little thin here, but I do think that's part of what they're going with here. And it's one way that I actually can explain away how easy it is for Willow to do this in the episode. When I have to remind myself, she's only been trying for three years. Well, and I don't think she's actually been trying for three years, to be honest with you. I think she tries on and off. Well, that, that's what I mean. But, like, like it's something she's worked on because they'll drop a line here and there. I remember this where they're like, "Yeah, poor Amy's still a rat." You know, obviously that's right. something that they've tried to do something with, but they just haven't, you know, been able to you know, go through with figure it. Figure it out, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, sure. and now she puts it together. But the whole point is so that Willow can have a friend that she can go out and you know, it's the new, it's the rebound girlfriend, right? Even though that's not a romantic relationship that it's, you know, they go out and they do things together. That's what this is all about. Well, someone to share her magic with now that Tara's gone. Correct. Yeah. And and, yeah, I'm fine with it. I I thought it was all right. And I liked having Amy come back and I think she offered some real good comedy in this episode, especially her interactions with Buffy about how have you been? Oh, rat. How have you been? Oh, dead. You know, I thought those were good lines and I thought they had some good communication back and forth but then it was a good way to show that willow hasn't learned anything right mm-hmm. she finds someone else who's very magical and is easily swayed into doing all these wrong things at the bronze and everything else and so i thought it was a good way to to show that willow still has a major problem that she doesn't want to admit to having she says she knows she has a problem but she doesn't believe it yet well she won't 
she doesn't think it's a problem she needs to do anything about at this point. It's something right. she feels like she can turn on and off. And let's think about it. I mean, they go to the bronze and they start doing magic and it's it it becomes eventually, you know, almost like, yeah, we've sort of done some of this, but they just start doing more and more and it's one up and one up and it's like, you know, let's let's take alcohol addiction for a minute. It's somebody that finally just says, I can go out, I can do whatever I want, and they just keep upping the ante, and it's a shot, it's another shot, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. It's just one thing after another, and it just starts to snowball at some point, mm-hmm. and the person doesn't even realize they're starting to get really out of control, and they start doing some things that are you know, really destructive. And, I mean, the bronze really becomes a, a I don't know, a cacophony of very weird, weirdly dressed people and a lot of mixed uh, stuff going on in that place. That's a whole new generation, right? Because they've all graduated. But the thing with the bronze is that they just go there and they have fun doing their magic and toying with people there. And then they get bored and turn everything back and leave. And it's just like, hmm, I don't know. It just seemed odd. Well, it's it's almost like it's all a setup, though, the idea. I mean, these three episodes are named about the... the, uh, are named appropriately or smashed, wrecked, and gone as, you know, uh, metaphors for just being blitzed out of your mind. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the trip we're supposed to go on here. And so this is the first stage of that. It's like, well, I've sort of done this. I mean, and I think metaphorically doing that at the bronze with Amy and sort of catching her up on everything that's happened and all this stuff is part of that. Let me do everything I love to do with somebody who's been a part of my past, you know, right now. And then at some point it's like, yeah, I've, I've played this. I've done this. I'm through with this. And they mm-hmm. leave to go, hey, you want to do something really cool? And then that's when it escalates to the next episode. But that's the right. the whole bit here. I just I, I like that in terms of this is not the part of the story that really started turning me off. I actually was sort of going with this and, uh, sure. and have come to really appreciate the arc that they're going uh, with Willow here. But, uh, I, mean, I was, I don't know, it's strange, but I, I always you know, know that it is leading to something much more. And I'm curious to what the, the much more can be, how much more into it can she get before she finally hits bottom? You know, what is rock right. bottom for a powerful witch? We haven't seen that yet. So we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Can we uh can we just go ahead and talk about the trio here and the little <laughs> Mission Impossible Batman and Robin uh what the hell are they doing <laughs> in this museum uh, thing? Yeah, it's it's odd because it's such a small part of the episode. Yeah. And it doesn't really pay off anywhere, I don't think. Um, oh, it does. It does in one area because you'll see it in two episodes later why it pays yeah, off. But it, that's true. It, but- it introduces something on this, though, that I can't believe I'm going to say this about a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we have witches and all this other hell mouths and all this other stuff. But it introduces this level of like comic book evil genius power for mm-hmm. humans to possess that we just have never had on this show before. And I got to tell you, this is hard to swallow. Like it was hard to swallow then. It's real hard to swallow now. Like I, I watch this and I'm like, God, this seems like a ripoff of so many things. And it just doesn't seem to have any, I know it has a point, but I don't, I don't care. I, I don't but want, does it really have a point? Well, does it? Okay. Does it? That's my question. It's like, why, why do we have to have these bumbling idiots? We have comic relief in the episode. Xander's here. One and two, we have Amy, you know, why do you need right. these three idiots to do this little I, scene? Yeah. The, you know, the trio is always like, it's to me, it's always been like, we need something else because we don't want to reveal the big bad to be, you know, 
well, and it's not even really Willow, but we don't want to reveal what we're where we're going with her yet. So we have to have something else to bring it out. And and I just never found a point to them other than to just laugh a little bit here and there, right? Yeah, see, because they're stupid. Yeah, but see, I can't even laugh at them because it is so stupid. It's like the rest of this show is so heavy that the comic relief to counter that is so far to the other direction that it really leaves me, you know, gapped. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it would have been more funny to watch Xander and Anya argue, argue over planning their wedding, which I guess we will get to eventually. But I would rather see that as the turn to, you know, from the, the dark side of the episode to have the lighter side of it. This seems like such a turn that it's, it's a yeah. weird interlude. I mean, I don't know. Again, it just doesn't feel like it's a part of the same show even. And, and that's well, the it, part that gets me. Yeah, and did they really need to use a freeze ray yeah. to do what they needed to do? They're stealing a diamond, right? And it's yeah. not for the freeze ray. It's for something, like you said, in a couple episodes ahead. But do they really need to use a freeze ray to get out of and, there? Can't they just trick the security guard into letting him go? Oh, sorry, we didn't know. And or can't, just can't leave? He, or? Can't he be just as ineffective as every other authority figure in Sunnydale? And they just <laughs> right. knock him out. I mean, there are three right. of them. I, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I felt like... You know, we have this sort of deep addiction metaphor happening on one side of this episode. Then we got the Buffy Spike thing on the other side that we'll get to in a second. But in the middle of it, we have this Batman and Robin slapstick that just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. It'd be like trying to force the Three Stooges into an episode of 24. Like, it just doesn't really work. <laughs> you know? It just, I right. don't know. I just really, I really hated it. I hated it then, and I hated it this time, too. I just sat there going, I do, do not want, you know, fan edit wants to cut this totally out of if i could find a way to cut these three guys out of the rest of the season i would but oh yeah and, and honestly i don't think it would make that big of a difference other than there's a couple episodes where they're actually key to things yeah. but that's about it yeah there's, the majority there's, of the episodes they're in really yeah. don't need to be there or, there's or don't really lend anything there's one it. coming up in particular that I, I know i would miss and we'll talk about it when we get there but i'm with you like i feel like, like about them like we do some of the side misadventures of the initiative that we got in season four, but even worse, like at least with the initiative, there was some threads to tie it to the story arc. This just seems like these disparate little you know, vignettes of stupidity in between all these deep emotional conflicts that are happening with our main characters, because that's yeah. the other side of this episode is Buffy and Spike, you know, at the mm -hmm. fact that Spike figures out his chip doesn't kick in when he hits Buffy and he tries to attack somebody else and it works. And so he gives her this whole, you came back wrong bit. And then they go back and forth and then how it ends. You know, I mean, that whole thing that you said you had thoughts about Spike and where he was going. Well, I mean, it's just another tease, right? So Spike, he's putting on the puppy eyes and the lovey-dovey to, to Buffy, telling her about how much important their kissing has been over the last couple episodes. And Buffy's, you know, ripping them every time. And he gets angry and hits her and realizes it doesn't hurt and pretends it doesn't hurt. So here's um, here's an opportunity, once again, to make Spike Spike, right? The Spike that we know from season two. Right. To bring him back to Spike. And they start to... And once again, they pull the rug out from under us and put him in this whole freaking love capade with Buffy again. And it's just like, how many times can you honestly make us believe, yes, we're going to get back the old Spike, only to punch us in the gut again? I Can I tell you now, I have never thought of that until you said it this time. And I think it's because by the time I 
get to this point with this show. I know, <laughs> You've given that, up. I know that they're never going to pull the trigger on that, but can I tell you yeah. how much more satisfying that would be had at this moment they had turned, you know, this was the big betrayal reveal of the season is that Spike's going to be the big bad that we have to deal with while Willow's gone off the deep end and this, that, and the other. I would have gone with that. It, I, well, and it would have been a good way to do it because Willow is not herself, right? She's out of it on this this drug induced well, magical yeah, we, spell, we, right? Think, so he, they're about, they're down. Well, yeah, think about it. Willow's down. Giles is gone. Angel's out of the picture now. Riley's gone. Buffy's kind of feeling alone. Xander and Anya are lost in their own world. I mean, it would be oh wow, that would be really satisfying. Buffy's Perfect come back and she's she's got to protect Dawn. She's got to do all this other stuff. And I I would have loved that. But you know what? That's not what's going to happen. So I need to stop talking to myself about it. But right? Because I'm going to make fantasizing fan fiction. Yes, but you know what? <laughs> I like that fanfic. That would actually work because it yeah. is so much better than the fact that they screw so hard they wreck a building. And I un- <laughs> and I understand that like there's a more graphic version of this that got cut out or whatever. I'm like I don't know how much more graphic you can get. That yeah. is the angriest sex I have ever seen, ever depicted in a work of fiction. I mean it's I, it's almost goes without description what they do to each other. As they're pummeling each other, and then all of a sudden, they are not pummeling each other. <laughs> well, they're pummeling each other, just in a different way. Just in the inside. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I didn't, it didn't bug me as much, because I knew where we're heading. I'm with you. At this point, I know where we're heading. I was upset that we've done another tease and rug pull, and that that ticked me off a little bit. But since I already knew where we were going here... It's a little ridiculous. I will give you that. Take that back. It's a lot ridiculous. I will give you that. But it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. So I just said, okay, let it be. Whatever. Right? What about the... And it's on. What about the other side of it, away from the sex part of it, which we both clearly don't like? What about the whole bit that he gives her and it starts to affect her psychologically? That you came back wrong. There's something wrong with you. That Mm -hmm. I thought we had already dealt with that. That like we had well, one, that one that that demon had corporealized and Buffy beheaded it, and we all realized that was dumb and moved on. But the other side was that 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 you know the thing that she is battling against is the fact that she was at peace and was ripped out of it back to a world that is very much not at peace, to a life that is not at peace. That was the problem. I had a hard time believing she would even buy that because we already know what her her damage is. You know why well, I, that would work on her seems I don't know. It just seems false. I don't. I don't know that we actually know what her damage is per se. I don't think anyone has come out and said what her damage is. Right? Uh, she, we she know did. that she her emotional. Musical. She did in the musical episode. Well, we know I what mean. her emotional damage is. Right? That's that what she I mean. Yeah. Was happy and now she's pulled into hell again. Right? She's gone from heaven to hell. That's right. great. But there's always been this mystique that she may have come back wrong. Right? And until now, we haven't known that. Now we have proof that she actually has come back somewhat different than when she left. She's not exactly full on humanity here, right? She's died. So she's lost part of her humanity. Right. And she, she may not be a demon or anything like that, but she's lost part of her humanity. And that part of her humanity is what has stopped Spike from hurting people, right? Can, Can I throw this out there? The fact that she is a resurrected human or whatever. 
Like I, I could totally get why Spike would be able to attack her and the chip not activate because mm-hmm. that's what a vampire well, she's is, t- essentially. Right, she's dead. Right. Yeah. Te- I mean, technically, she's dead. Right. But if that was the case, if if and that's what I'm to believe, he should have been able to hit her all along. She's already been dead before. I, correct. He he should have, but he didn't think of that, and he why? Oh no no, they've been in fights though, Brian, since season one. When she died and came back, they've been in fights since season four when he got okay. the chip in his head. I see what you're saying. You see what I mean? What like, that seemed like it should have worked, maybe because she was dead longer. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's something I'm supposed to give it. I'm nitpicking it apart because in my head, I'm like, they're just they're throwing that out there. And I feel like they've already laid that card. That's a table. good point. Yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up because, yeah, she did die once already. So that may not be what she, I mean, we don't know. Maybe she came. Maybe she the came other, back. The wrong, other side of it. Know? And this is the tease I'm really tired of. You talk about making Spike bad. I'm really tired of the tease of the, you know, the initiatives technology, which is buried under concrete, is still working and hasn't malfunctioned yet. <laughs> that's what they're really playing with is, oh, what if it's malfunctioning? And then, you know, I would, I'm more along the lines that I wish the thing had just stopped working all of a sudden. And then he was a bad guy again, because he's still a bad guy, that he just decided to go bad again instead of this lovesick puppy that he is now. I really, I'm, I'm tired of the tease of one day the chip might be gone and they're not done with that yet, but I'm, I'm real sick of that. No, and I don't disagree with you there, but here's the thing with Spike is that he's in the, He's in the battle right now with himself of do he, does he want to be Spike, you know, William the Bloody? Does right. he want to be William the Bloody or does he want to be nice new Spike who's helping people and fighting demons? That's his battle. And now we've gotten a glimpse of he thinks he's cured. He wants to be William the Bloody now. Well, see, so he lets that take over. Can I tell you so, why that's never a concern for me or a question? Because every chance he gets where he thinks he can be William the Bloody again, he becomes William the Bloody again. He has no desire to do the right thing unless it is for his own personal gain. At any time, right. Spike has never done anything unselfishly on this show, ever. And that is just it. Even yeah. his protection of Dawn and stuff. Xander's called that out forever. He did that to get close to Buffy. You know, that's... Well, but, and he, he claims not, but... Yeah, uh, but do you believe that? We, well, I don't know. That's what we're supposed to believe, right? We're supposed to believe that he's start turning himself around... And the reasoning is because he had this chip put in and he can't do anything anymore, but we're supposed to believe that he's coming to this on his own. But like you said, every time that the, the option is presented to him, he goes back to being murderous Spike, the bloody, right? Right, right. But um, that's what his fight is, and it'll be his fight until all the way into the end of the series where he actually makes a choice finally, right? And so that's what I think they're playing with there. I, I guess I so. It's Maybe just, I'm wrong. It's just I think you're right. No, I, it's just, I'm just saying it's not working for me. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It's like there's the two big arcs here. I'm I'm going along the addiction train because it isn't interesting how they're playing it and stuff. I'm not on the trio train, and I'm certainly not in the bag for this. Like this is just not working for me. It's not satisfying because I think because I've seen and can see so much more potential as to where this could go. And what they could do with this to really ratchet up the tension and the conflict. But they're not interested in that. They are interested. And Marty Noxon has said it straight out. She has always believed Spike was just as variable a love interest for Buffy as anyone that's ever been on the show. And she was hell bent to get that across at some point in this, you know, series. And now it's happening. I mean, this is, 
I mean, this is bigger than making out behind the bronze or making out after the singing demon or whatever. This is, I mean, this is full on, not even fun sex. This is angry, violent, biting, chewing, you know, this is, you know, down and dirty now. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's on at this point and it cuts to black. So I don't know. Brian, we're at the point of the podcast where it's time to give our final thoughts and Dusting's rating for the episode. So what are yours for Smashed? Well, I'm going to give this a two Dustings. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I was entertained by the majority of it. There's some major flaws, like we pointed out throughout this episode. But it's not enough for me to hate this episode. So for me, it's a two Dustings. And that's about all I can give for that. I, you know, I can say straight out, I hate a third of this episode, which is the uh, trio part. And I really don't like the Buffy Spike part of it. But I am in the addiction bag long enough and enough into this to be able to give it two dustings. But I, like I said in the opening, I know this is where I started to not like the show anymore when it was first on back in season six, when it was you know on live television every week. And it's actually where I stopped like, you know, blocking out time on Tuesday nights to watch it. I would tape it and then catch up with it before the next week and stuff. Like I remember doing that and, you know, just not, you know, trying to, you know, make sure I didn't have anything else going on at the time so that I could watch this. I remember that and thinking, wow, that's a point, you know, when you know you've, you've come to a different point on the show. And I begin to ask myself, have I just outgrown this or am I just not going with it? Clearly I haven't outgrown it because I'm still talking about it, you know, over a decade later, but I know that I'm not really into a lot of this. Um, I'm curious enough to see where they're going to go with it that I kept on watching it obviously and did finish it out. But I, I really am not loving a lot of the decisions being made here. And I'll lay a lot of that on Marty at this point because she's running the show and I'm just not digging where it's going. So I'm hopeful that we can get some brighter moments down the line, but I'm going to give this a two dustings, but it's not a strong two. So that's, that's where I come in on smash this time around. Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com, as links to our Twitter feed and our new Facebook page. Drop in on Facebook, uh, you know, give us a review on iTunes or post questions to us uh, on our Facebook page. We love interacting with our listeners and we always appreciate your support. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 